Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. Best case, worst case, the last episode of the 2023 preseason. We've got Wisconsin and Michigan, the projected number one teams in each of the divisions by Phil Steele. If you like the podcast, make sure to like, follow, subscribe wherever you get your podcast: Google, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to tune in and subscribe to ours here Wherever you get your podcasts, leave a review. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter, Big Ten Football Talk, the handle, and send me an email at Big Ten Football Talk at gmail.com. Before I talk a little bit about Wisconsin and Michigan, I do want to just give you a heads up. I don't know what my posting schedule is going to be like in the next couple weeks. Life's going to be pretty crazy for me. Uh, I do want to do a pre my preseason picks for the Big Ten season. I will tell you right now, as I was looking at schedules and thinking through things, I'm already I I, I have no idea where I'm gonna go. Uh it's gonna be uh it's gonna be really, really fun. It's gonna be a really fun season, especially at the top of both divisions. And I think we're gonna see that even as we go through the schedules and, and some of the some of the dynamics of these two teams. I think the the Big Ten race is going to be really, really interesting. I think the national championship race is going to be really, really interesting because most of the top teams don't return their quarterbacks. And so you've got a couple that do, Michigan, and, and Michigan's the one that comes to mind, LSU, Florida State, Texas. You know, those teams return their quarterbacks for Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. All don't. Clemson obviously returns uh, their, their starter as well. So it's interesting. It's just a very weird year, and and it'll be fun to, to kind of think through that. I also want to do a podcast about the state of college football. I, you know, I've talked a lot about how the Big Ten is in a position of strength right now, both in terms of competitive, uh, competitive on the field, uh, very attractive product money, financially, economically, all those things. But I I do want to talk about maybe the state of college football as a whole cuz I think I I think regard re, depending on where you land, I think everybody's probably a little frustrated with how things are going right now. And I have maybe some enlightenment or thoughts that might help you process those things. No, I'm not going to tell you that you need to change your mind. I'm not going to tell you that you need to agree with me. I'm just going to tell you why things feel so crazy. And I want to do that. I don't know when I'm going to get to it. But it's going to be fun. And it'll just be me verbally processing probably for 30 to 45 minutes. So if you want to hear something like that, um, I hope you don't because that means that maybe you don't have much of a life. I don't know. Um, 
No, no, you want to hang out with me. That's good. That's having a life. That's a good thing. I'm going to stop talking and getting myself into trouble about that, and we're just going to get right to the the football and the teams that you wanted to listen to. So Wisconsin, you know, someone was uh, tweeting the other day asking why people are high on Wisconsin. You know, they didn't do a great job last year. They, you know, I think a lot of people are thinking that maybe maybe that Wisconsin's overrated because they got a new coach, right? They got a new coach. They got, you know, they have Luke Fickle. But this team didn't do great last year. So why on earth would we say that just a coaching change is going to make things all better? And I replied to that tweet. I never got a tweet back. But I replied to that tweet and I said three reasons. The coaching staff is one of them for sure. Um, but I, I had three other reasons. No, that's not true. I, two other reasons. Three reasons overall. Two aside from the coaching change. Which it, it the coaching is getting better. You've got Luke Fickle. Phil Longo comes in uh, to run the offense. He's a very, very well-respected offensive coordinator who I think is, is tasked with something that I think is, is pretty hard, which is to blend a power run game with an air raid offense. And so I, but I think if anybody can do it, Phil Longo is the guy that can get it done. So I like, I like that higher, but then I think there's two other major reasons why people are high on Wisconsin and why I am high on Wisconsin. And it's that you have a lot of returning starters and a lot of starting experience. And then with that, you have a lot of really either a lot of veteran transfers or you have a lot of up-and-coming guys who transferred in that I think are very, very exciting if you think about their future. And so I think that's that's a big reason why. So yeah, yes, they went seven and six last year, but you have to remember part of that is you know Paul Christ was fired after a, a miserable start. They they lost a lot of guys in the draft. You know they they lost I think ten or eleven starters off that team, and I think people wanted Graham. If I'm honest, I think people wanted Graham Mertz to be something that he wasn't which I think people saw him after his big game against Illinois and thought this guy is going to be the best quarterback since Russell Wilson. And instead, you know, he's just a guy, right? Like he's, you know, not even Jim Sorge, you know, not even, uh, you know, Alex Hornibrook. Like he, he was the very definition of mid, which – gives me pause for the Florida Gators and the fact that they just named him starter there. And I don't mean any disrespect to him. He just wasn't – I just didn't think he was that – he was never going to be what we thought he would be after that first game. So, you know, getting to this season, you actually get a transfer in Tanner Mordecai, who's a senior, who played – he did play in a group of five conference, but he played in the best group of five conference. And he did a really good job at SMU. 
he did a really good job. You know, he had to face Luke Fickle twice last season uh, playing Cincinnati. 24 starts, over 7,000 career passing yards, 72 touchdowns to 22 interceptions in a uh, pass-first offense. And he was playing against some decent defenses. Now, not Big Ten defenses, not a Penn State defense or an Iowa defense, but they're also not like uh, Rice or, you know, who's maybe some other, like the other other teams, like they were going to face decent defenses. They face Cincinnati. So this is a quarterback who has a lot of experience, who I think could be an NFL draft pick, I think is head and shoulders better than Graham Mertz. And then you're pairing him with a lot of new weapons. So C.J. Williams comes over from USC. Will Pauling comes in from Cincinnati. You have Chimer DK coming back, who was their best receiver last year's honorable mention Big Ten. You know, Keontes Lewis is back. Uh, so you've got a pretty promising wide receiver group. They, they do have some things to to work through with tight end. I think they were expecting Clay Cundiff and Jack Eschenbach back, but they are uh, they have left the program, uh, at least according to Phil Steele. Um, so they, they, they have some things that they, – they have to figure something out at tight end. But then the running backs, you have Ches Malusi back. Braylon Allen, obviously your bell cow, 6'2", 245 pounds, second team All-Big Ten last year. Big-time running back, right? Like that's – you might have some bigger running lanes if you have an air raid attack that's hit running on all cylinders. And then – the offensive line has another year of experience, and you've got a lot of transfers that have played a lot of ball. Jake Renfro uh, was a starting center at Cincinnati, 19 starts, uh, 20 games total for Renfro. Joe Huber comes over from Cincinnati, 13 starts. Uh, Tanner Bortoloni is back. He had 10 starts last year. Uh Riley Mailman had six starts last year, and he, uh, they're high on him. Jack Nelson anchoring the left tackle spot. Uh, honorable mention Big Ten in 2021 uh, has started a lot of games, 13 starts at right guard, 12 at left tackle. So these, this is an experienced line with a lot of starts under their belt. And that's very promising because last year they did not have that. They did not have a lot of starting experience. Tipman, Tipman had a lot of starting experience, I, th- I think, at center. Uh, other than that, you didn't have much. This, this has the makings, if they can figure out the tight end spot, of being one of the top four or five offenses in the Big Ten. And that's dangerous, especially if the defense shapes up to what we think it could be. Um, you know, the defense... A lot of, of experience in that front. Uh, C.J. Getz, it was honorable mention Big Ten last year. Uh, Rodis Johnson, James Thompson, two juniors at the defensive tackle spot. Um, they're really high on those guys. The linebacking core uh, is experienced. They do lose Herbig, uh, but I think they're high on those guys. Uh, the, the the defensive defensive backfield, I think there there's a lot of inexperience there, but... 
Again, they're, they're probably not going to face a lot of great passing attacks. So I think they can get away with not having a great secondary. Because I think their front seven is going to be really good. I think their back four, eh, it could be a little rough. But so, so what does that mean for this Badger team? Well, I think, it, you know, we'll go work, as we typically do, we'll do worst case first. Um, I think, obviously, they get Buffalo. I think it's very possible they lose to Washington State just on the virtue of the fact that you have to travel all the way to Washington State, right? And Washington State, they weren't great last year, but they, you know, they, were, they finished seven and six. Uh, so they're not a bad team. I think you could lose. Solely on the reality that it's it's a, a game that is across the pond, not across the pond. Uh, uh, you're traveling through different time zones, and that's always going to mess with you. So I, I think it's very possible that you know they get upset on the road. So you know that's that's a tough game that you got to think about. So they're one and one at that point in the non-conference. Georgia Southern, they they win. I think I think Hudson Card with Purdue could get them. So you know, two and two. You know they get Rutgers three and two. Then you have Iowa and at Illinois. I think they could drop one of those games. And so going into Ohio State, they're four and three and they lose to Ohio State 4-4. Four and four. Then you go at Indiana, Northwestern, Nebraska, at Minnesota. I think at worst, they drop one of those, and you're looking at 7-5. and five. So worst case, you go to a bowl game, probably win the bowl game, or you know, win or lose. Worst case is last year. I think that's their floor, is last year. I I don't think that's going to happen. But I think there is a reasonable it's reasonable maybe Tanner Mordecai doesn't adjust the offense. There's a lot of different moving parts. Maybe Braylon Allen is not in sync because of a new style of offense. You know, you've got a couple transfers from Cincinnati and maybe the defense just takes some time to settle. But I, you know, that I think still they, they're going to be the most talented team in the West. And so you're going to, you know, it, it's going to take some cohes- cohesive issues, I think, for them to go seven and five. Now, what's the best case? That's what I think a lot of people want to know. What's the best case scenario for Wisconsin? And I'll be honest, I think it's playoffs. I think they, they roll Buffalo. And I think at Washington State, you have some kinks, but you're able to work through it, which really builds your resolve, right? You're, you're figuring out how the offense works, all the moving pieces. Braylon Allen, you know, rushes for over 200 yards. He's very easily a Heisman, can, you know, early Heisman candidate after a great performance against Washington State. Georgia Southern, a win. They shut down Hudson Card and the Boilermakers, win. They beat Rutgers, win. They beat Iowa, win, go on the road at Illinois. And again, there's a trend with all these teams. None of, none of them are explosive at the wide receiver position. 
which comes to Ohio State. So they're 7-0. And you might think, oh, well, Ohio State has great receivers and their offense is high-powered. There's no way Wisconsin can, can win that game. Here's the big but. Ohio State has to go to Camp Randall. They are playing Wisconsin right after they play what I think might be the game of the Big Ten, uh, Ohio State, Penn State. And I think it's very possible that Ohio State suffers a hangover there and loses that game to Wisconsin. And they're eight, you know, they beat Ohio State, they're 8 0, and then cruise through at, at Indiana, Northwestern, Nebraska, at Minnesota. They finished 12 0. They're ranked in the top three because they beat a really good Iowa team. They beat a top five Ohio State team that beat Penn State. And now they're in the Big Ten Championship game against a highly rated Michigan team where they go down to the wire and they they lose by a touchdown. It's the, the best Big Ten Championship game in the past 10 years. And they, they get in the playoff. I think that's very possible. And then I think in the playoff, they, they probably get exposed by, like, they, they probably get the four seed and they're probably playing Georgia. And I think they probably get a little exposed because they're not quite there on that level. But, like, that would be a heck of an accomplishment for the first year under Luke Fickle to get to the playoff. Now, is that what I'm picking? Probably not. But I, I think that is more likely than the worst-case scenario. In fact, I think it's infinitely more possible than the worst-case scenario. So I, I, think, I think Badger fans should feel very excited about the season. I think the hype will be justified. Because, yes, there's a lot of different parts, but it's a lot of proven parts. Whether it's coaching or roster, I think there's a lot to like about this team and this roster. Let's take a break, and then we'll go to Michigan. Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. The Michigan Wolverines coming off two consecutive Big Ten championships, two consecutive playoff appearances, and I think the the reality is Michigan doesn't feel like they can make the playoff anymore. They feel like they want to win it. And I think more than years past, I think they have the type of team that could do it. I think, I think the, the past couple of years I've been very skeptical. Um, and I, I think, if I'm honest, rightly so. Like, I, I think even last year I thought they were a good football team that, you know, I, I, and t- this is taking nothing away from them, but I, you know, they didn't have the, maybe the perimeter guys on the outside that I thought would be good enough. You know, I think they're very much Georgia, Georgia light almost with the way that they run, the way that they build the lines. I And I think this year, I, I think if I had to pick it, gun to my head, Georgia versus Michigan, um, I'd still pick Georgia. But I, I, I would hesitate, 
and I'd hesitate for a long while because I think between experience on the offense, the way that these lines have been built, and some of the elite players they have on the defense, I think this is a very formidable team that it, I think is going to be a tough out against anyone, even in this conference and in this division in particular, where you have two other teams who I think are either top four or top five teams in the country. So, you know, Michigan fans should feel very excited. There, There is a reality that there's some drama going on with, with Harbaugh. Harbaugh not serving the suspension, um, the four-game suspension this year. Looks like he's going to serve it next year, which a lot of people are wondering, is he actually going to stay next year? Which that seems to be the trend for Harbaugh. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? We're not sure. Um, But the reality is for this year, they have the best coaching staff, if not – they they probably have the best coaching staff in the the conference. And I think they have the best returning quarterback. And – the best running back tandem. I, I, I think them and Penn State from a, at least pro, have proven that they are the top two in the country. And I think that along with their offensive line, even if they didn't have any good receivers, you know, they could win 10 or 11 games just on that alone. Um, they, they get Drake Nugent. From Stanford, he started 24 games. They're really high on him. Ladarius Henderson comes over from Arizona State. He started 29 games. They're high on him. And obviously, the, the other three guys, they've, they've played. Uh, they've played a lot of games for the, for the Wolverines. So, Zach Zinter, Trevor Keegan, Carson Barnhart, you know, all have starting experience. All of them, either first team, all Big Ten, or honorable mention Big Ten. So they're really good. They're very much on the radar for the Joe Moore Award, which is the the award for best offensive line in the country. And then you go to the defense, where yes, they lose Mozzie Smith, but Chris Jenkins, uh, who is also a really good tackle for them, he returns. You know, he was honorable mention Big Ten last year. Mason Graham is going to take that nose tackle spot. Uh, again, they really like his potential. Jalen Harrell, uh, who's started quite a bit over the past several years, he's going to be that edge rusher on the one side and then Braden McGregor on the other. Um, Braden McGregor has three starts, uh, Harrell 15. So, I mean, different levels of experience, but they like they like their front four. And then the, the linebacker core. Barrett, Colson, San, uh, Barrett and Colson, they're really high on. Uh, and they've got guys behind them, and then their their backfield, their defensive backfield is nasty. Sandra still uh, is a revelation at the nickelback spot. Uh, Will Johnson probably a top two corner in the league, probably a top three to four corner in the country. Uh, he is very very good. He's six two. He's long. He's rangy. I really, I'm really high on Will Johnson. Rod Moore at safety, also really, really good. Honorable mention Big Ten last year. Uh, they're very high on Makari Page. He's at 6'4 safety. That's just insane, that type of range. 
Um, so obviously special teams takes a hit. Uh, they lose their kicker Moody. Um, and they also lose their punter. So that's going to be a little different because their special teams has contributed to a lot of their success. Um, it's obviously not the only thing, but the past couple years they have been just rock solid at special teams. And so now that's going to be a little different. All in all, this is a national championship caliber roster. Um, I think they what they lack in athleticism outside, they have they do have really good experience. Uh, and to be honest, I think Cornelius Johnson proved that he is plenty athletic. Roman Wilson is plenty athletic. Colston Loveland, I think, is going to be the next best tight end for the Wolverines. So this is a very, very good roster in every every phase of their team. And I think, aside, aside from special teams, we don't know anything about special teams, but I think that's the thing when you look at, look at Michigan. I think compared to like Penn State and Ohio State, where I think there are questions, right? Penn State, you know, you just naturally have a question about the quarterback. And you have questions about the receivers. Um, Ohio State has questions about quarterback and offensive tackles and just their defense. And why wouldn't you after what happened the last two games of the season? Michigan, you look at them and you're like, I don't see any holes. Now, I, I don't know if every unit is elite, which is why I'm like, if you put a gun to my head with them in Georgia, I'm like, eee, you know, is that wide receiver core going to be able to get open against an elite secondary? I don't know. Will J.J. McCarthy be able to carve up an elite secondary? I don't know. Um, will that defense be able to hold up against an elite offense that is balanced? I don't know. But coming into the season, there's no team where I'm like, they have all that, all, all those answers. So if I'm a Michigan fan and I'm looking across not just the conference, but I'm looking at Alabama and Georgia and LSU and Florida State and Texas and all these national championship contenders, I'm feeling pretty good because Michigan, while they may not be elite at in every position, they don't necessarily need to be because we don't, I mean, I don't think Alabama's quarterback's going to be great. And so if, if your secondary can be can be good enough against their receiver quarterback combo, I think you can get Alabama. You know, if, if Carson Beck isn't very good for Georgia or he's, you know, he's not as mobile as uh, Stetson Bennett is like, I think you can get Georgia. So all that being said, what's the, what's the floor and what's the ceiling? What's the, what's the worst case? What's the best case? The worst case, honestly, is not all that bad. <laughs> Part of that is the schedule. The schedule is a joke. Um, I, I think a team backed out, so it's not completely Michigan's fault. Um, they get East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green to start the season. Win, win, win. Rutgers is a win. At Nebraska is a win. At Minnesota, I, I don't think Minnesota has the type of team that can really push Michigan. Um, Indiana, no. And at Michigan State, I, I think the only way that Michigan State wins is if they have 
some guy that comes in that's like Kenneth Walker reincarnated. And that I he's not on the roster. Like I just don't see that happening. So eight no going into the bye. You get Purdue, that's a win. You go to Penn State. Now, I think Michigan I I think Penn State's going to have a hard time against Michigan. I think Michigan is a different they present different challenges than how Penn State's built. But I also think that Penn State can play with a chip on their shoulder. They're at home. Like I I think Penn State can beat Michigan on a bad day. I mean, I think I think Penn State could beat them even if they're if Michigan's playing pretty good. And I think that could be a loss. And then I think, again, I think if Ohio State, if Ohio State addresses the question marks in ways where they, they, they pass with flying colors, which is very possible. I know I was very pessimistic on the, on the last podcast, but if, if the tackles are good, Kyle McCord or Devin Brown is, you know, the next quarterback in the long line of Ryan Day quarterbacks who are really, really good and the defense really settles in, I, you know, I do think Michigan can lose at home. And so I think, I think their, their floor is 10-2. and two. Now, the best case is obvious. They, they play to their potential. They win every game, right? They have home field advantage in the rivalry game. I think, I think the way Michigan is constructed, they are probably a bad matchup for Penn State. That's not to say that Penn State can't get them. They obviously have the talent. I just think Michigan's a little bit more... Uh, just their power running game, I think, is going to be really hard. And I think that we've seen that the past couple years in, in Penn State-Michigan games, is that that power run game has been pretty tough for them. So I, I like, you know, I, I think they beat Penn State on the road. I think they go 3-0, and you know, three straight against Ohio State, wallop whoever's in the Big Ten championship game, and they get probably the number two seed well, I don't know. I think they could let me let me think about this for a minute. If it's between them and Georgia, Michigan actually might get the nod because Georgia isn't gonna play anybody at the especially if they play say they play Wisconsin and Wisconsin's only loss well maybe maybe Wisconsin's undefeated going in. Um and they're a top four team, and they they beat Penn State, they beat Ohio, or you know they beat Ohio State. Um, that's probably three top ten teams. You know Maryland might be ranked at that point as well, so you got a twenty fifth ranked team. So even though Michigan's schedule is not very hard, it is backloaded. Um, that's one other thing to consider. The rivalry game, and this is more for the worst case. The their ending stretch is a lot tougher than Ohio State's ending stretch. Like, they they have at Penn State, at Maryland, and then they host Ohio State. Like, those are two very hard road games that they are going to have to prepare for. Whereas I think Ohio State, their, their last couple games 
are not nearly as tough. It's Michigan State, Minnesota at home, and I like neither Minnesota actually might be a good warm up for them to play Michigan, uh, just the way that those teams are constructed. Um, so that being said, I, all, all I'm saying is I think that for the worst case, I could see where Ohio State could give Michigan some trouble. That being said, I think Michigan can get the one seed the playoff, and they get, uh, I'll say LSU. I think LSU is a trendy name. And LSU has a lot of talent, but again, I don't think they're built for a power run constructed offense, and I don't think their defense is really good enough, and I don't think they're, I think their offense is explosive but I, I think Michigan has enough to beat LSU. And then I think they get probably Georgia in the title game. And again, it's just Michigan's night. J.J. McCarthy has the game of his life. You know, he has a, a very Stetson Bennett-like performance where he's making plays, driving Georgia defenders nuts, and Michigan wins uh by six points, and they win the national championship. I think I think that is the best case scenario. I really do. Um, so let me know what you think. That's my my thought on best case, worst case for both Michigan and Wisconsin. Next week, I will have my preseason picks for every team in the Big Ten, as well as my playoff picks. And I have no clue who I'm picking. <laughs> That's just my. My my honest, my honest thought right now. But that'll do it for the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. Signing off. Take care. God bless.